been preaching on Israel on Sunday nights and always excited about the end time. Eschatology is a wonderful study of end times, and I believe that we are right on the cliff of eschatology. We're right here at the end of this thing. And uh, I want us to go back again tonight to the first Jew in the Bible. I want us to go back to Abraham. In fact, Abraham is the first Jew. God chose to make a great nation out of Abraham. He began with Abram. Later on, it was extended to Abraham. And um, Abraham was an old man when he was called out of the land of Haran, Chaldean land, actually the area of Iraq. And so Abraham came back from the area of Iraq, going down into the promised land. And um, I want to use for a subject tonight, Israel is not going away. Israel is not going away. We live in a world today that they would like to make, and I say they, those anti-Semitic people would like to make Israel go away. Why? Because the devil would like Israel to go away. Israel is that nation that God has placed in the center of earth. Jerusalem is in the center of earth. Northeast, southwest from Jerusalem. When God speaks of a direction, he speaks it from Jerusalem. Israel. Because God placed Israel in the midst of the nations. And it's the hot spot tonight. I mean, would agree that it's the hot spot tonight. And I'm thankful for the fact that Israel is there in their land. I want to say quickly, Israel is not. We're talking about natural Israel's back in their land. Spiritual Israel is not there yet. It will be when Zechariah speaks of Jesus returning. The nation will be changed by the Spirit of God and be brought into spiritual Israel. But let's say right now from the start, from get-go, there is no such thing as replacement theology or replacement teaching concerning Israel and the church. The church is not Israel, and Israel is not the church. Now, there's some Jews that have been born again into the church, but Israel is not the church, and the church did not take the place of Israel. And we need to understand that God placed little tiny Israel in the middle of the planet because that is the ground zero, that is the ignition point in which God will return and change the world forever. In fact, he came the first time and Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. He changed the world forever. And one day he's going to return and once again change this bloody sin-cursed world forever as he returns back with his church to planet Earth. Amen. Now, I want us to look at some things tonight, and we're going to begin reading in Genesis chapter 12, and I'm going to kind of go slow because I want you to understand where we're at and why Israel is hated so much. Israel is hated, and I could say, in the, in the percentage-wise of nations hated by all. 
I realize in America, we're supportive of Israel. But even in this land of the United States, there is a lot of anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish people that hate the Jews. That hatred comes and stems out of the devil himself. Because the devil fears the last time, the last days when his days are numbered and God will return and Satan will end up in the bottomless pit first for a thousand years and second in the lake of fire forever and forever. I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. We're going to be going several places tonight. And while we look at this, bear in mind that God is calling Abram out of the land of Chaldeans, there in, there in that land of Iraq, which is Haran here in verse uh, 3, actually verse 4. And God calls Abraham and says, I want to make you a people. I want to make you a nation. I want to use you in order and, and, and to bless the world. I want to bring the promised seed through you. And I want you to be a blessing to the world. And you'll have many nations. And from your loins will be many nations. Well, Abraham was pretty old, about 75 years old at that time. And some of us, when we reach 75, we're not in the, you know, too much of the business of doing great exploits, but uh, Abraham did some great exploits at 75. And um, so we go back 4,000 years. Israel has always been in the loins of Abraham. So Abraham is the first Jew. Out of him comes the nation of Israel. There's Isaac the Bible says that Abraham had Isaac, Isaac had Jacob, and Jacob had 12 tribes of Israel, and Jacob is called Israel. Ishmael was never called Israel. And Ishmael did have 12 sons, three daughters, but Ishmael is the product of a rivalry right now and a battle on planet earth. Ishmael was not in God's plan, but other words, and I shouldn't say that because nothing takes God by surprise. He knew that Abraham and Sarah would pull a stupid act. Amen. And, and Sarai says to Abraham, we, we don't have no kids. We're old and and God said that we'd have a son and that we, out of us would come many nations and many people and the world would be blessed. And Sarai says, look at you, old man. You're past your prime. And Abraham looked at Sarai and says, you're pretty, but you're past your prime. And Sarai says to Abraham, Sarah says to Abraham, I want you to go into the handmaiden, Hagar. And Abraham looks at Hagar and says, hmm, she looks pretty nice. Force me to, yeah. Abraham might have been 75, but he was still a dirty old man. 
And he went in and he spent time in the place of Hagar, and Hagar conceives a son. Now Abraham, when he said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and I will make, and that and could be an I will as well, make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so Abraham believed God. He left. According to Hebrews chapter 11, he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker was God. And he went out into a land he knew not where, but by faith he went out there to obey God. And Abraham, being very old, he goes from place to place, and he tells everybody when he says, I'm Abraham, he's telling everybody he's the father of many nations. They say, oh, really? Where's your son? Don't have one yet. And over and over again, Abraham would say, I am Abraham, meaning the father of many nations. And they say, well, where's your boy? Don't have one. But the Bible says that by faith he went on, even in the deadness of his body, and he believed God. And God brought to pass a promised seed, and that promised seed is Isaac. It is not Ishmael. And I guess the first question that I would ask, and by the way, um, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3 you find three times if you count the and in verse two, I will. God says, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will five times. He didn't say, Abraham, you will, you will, you will, you will. He said, I will, I will five times. God says to Abraham, I will show you where to go, show you a land. I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Notice it is an unconditional covenant. God made an unconditional covenant with Abraham. He said, I will, I will, I will, I will. And Abraham's will had nothing to do with it. Now, Abraham did have faith, and he did will to do God's will, but the truth is, this is an unconditional covenant. And, I, and even in the time we see, um, the day we live, all the unrest in the Middle East right now, I want you to understand that God chose Abraham to bless the world with Jesus Christ. From the loins of Abraham came Jesus Christ. Now, I come a long way through the bloodline, but through Abraham came our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isaac, the promised seed. Isaac produces Jacob. Jacob is called Israel. What a scoundrel he was. Twelve sons, the twelve tribes of Israel, which God told Jacob, you're now going to be called Israel. 
And how many would agree that Jacob was quite a dud? But God's not a dud. God promised. God promised that through Abraham, all the families of the earth would be blessed. And through Abraham, the first Jew, the first Jew, that's how far you can trace Israel back, the first Jew, 4,000 years. You can go way back because it is out of Abraham. Now, some will argue the fact, yeah, but Ishmael was the firstborn, but he was not the promised seed. He was not what God chose. He was a son of the flesh, the son of rivalry, a son of the flesh. Isaac was the son of a promise, the son of the spirit. And so um, let me just bounce around a little bit. Is it okay if I bounce around a little bit? I'm going to bounce around a little bit. I, I feel bouncy tonight. Just bounce around a little bit. God tells Abraham in chapter 15, verse 18, Abraham is having a really good time in worship. Abraham's having a blast in the presence of God. And they're offering a sacrifice. And God tells Abraham in verse 18, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. 300,000 square miles. God tells Abraham, I'm going to give you the promised land. You got Hittites that live in it, Prejudites, Rephanims. You got Amorites, Canaanites, Gergesites, Goodnites, Termites, Nohelites, Jebusites. He says, You're going to, I'm going to give you the Kenites and the Ketamanites. And so what he's saying is, I'm going to give you in our day, God is telling Abraham, I'm going to give you Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, Kuwait, and much of Egypt. Israel only possesses about 9,000 square miles. Israel is very small. David captured somewhat of that, but never the magnitude of 300,000 square miles, King David. And so Israel has never received this promise. So that tells me the church did not replace this promise. That tells me that this promise is still open for grabs, and Israel will one day possess all the land that God promised the first Jew, Abraham. Woo! That's where Ezekiel talks about, in the last part of Ezekiel, I think it's around chapter 40 on, about the Holy Land, Israel, the Ezekiel's temple, that millennial kingdom that's coming, uh, that, that wonderful blessing that's coming to Israel and how Israel will receive a earthly inheritance. The church receives a spiritual inheritance. Israel receives a earthly inheritance. 
because God promised David that he would sit on the throne and reign forever. Isn't that good? And so that tells me, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that Israel is not going anywhere. Oh, I'm worried. You know, you've got, you've got people all over this planet shouting death to Israel. Iran, death to Israel. Many of the Shiites, the Arabians, death to Israel. Hamas. Islam, many of them, the radical Islam, death to Israel. ISIS, death to Israel. Why are the Jews so hated? I want you to understand something. It began with a man by the name of Ishmael. God had a man, uh, Abraham had a son by Hagar, his handmaiden, and that son's name was Ishmael. Genesis 16, verse 11 and 12. Here's what it says about Ishmael. The angel of the Lord said unto her, that's Hagar, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son. Thou shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard thy affliction, and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all the brethren, in other words, the descendants of Ishmael will be scattered all across the world. And they will be troublemakers. The large bulk of Ishmaelites will, they, they live in the Arabian area, Iran, Iraq, uh, Gaza, those areas. And I'm not belittling them, that's just that uh, God did not choose Ishmael to be the promised seed. And it's all about they want to kill the Jews because they feel like they have the right to the land of Israel. They have the right to Jerusalem. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with what President Trump did when he made Jerusalem the capital. And I think that was a pivot point in the end time. Because now they say Jerusalem belongs to Israel. I got news for Trump. Before he said it, they considered it theirs anyway. But then it was announced to the whole world. And by the way, what can America give Abraham's descendants? Nothing. God is the one that gives. Hello. And Israel has went out of their way to try to keep peace. But the, the bottom line is, the Ishmaelites, the Isis, the Hamas, they want the Jews dead. You find this all through the Bible. They want to crush the Jews. Babylon, Assyria, the Assyrians, the, on and on, the Philistines, on and on, the early fraction, uh, fragments of war, all wanting to conquer Haman and Esther, wanting to destroy the descendants, the Jews. And the reason it's come down to this is because Ishmael feels like that he is the one that should have Jerusalem. He's the one that should have Israel. 
He feels like he's the one. And by the way, they've wrote their own Bible. They have their 12 tribes. They have their coming Messiah. They have it all together. But let me tell you, friends, Abraham produced the promised seed. His name was Isaac, and from Isaac came the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and we need to understand that it, Jews are hated so badly. Number one, Jews are hated because of stupidity. People don't know their Bible. Jews are hated because of ignorance. Jews are hated because they hear other people Hate, 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 hate. I hate, hate, hate. And then they parrot it across the aisle. I hate, 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 hate. Hitler hated the Jews. So many people have hated the Jews. Hamas wants to destroy. In fact, the very credentials, the very statement of Iran is to destroy Israel and then destroy America, pray tell me why we sent them billions of dollars when they're shouting and chanting death to America and death to Israel. Somebody needs to have their head checked from the chin up to the, to the top of their head. They need to be checked out. Wait a minute. They probably wouldn't find nothing there anyway. <laughs> Hold on. Politicians can make bad choices. And it's sad you hand a man a gun, he uses it on you. And Iran is bent on destroying Israel. Why? Because the devil hates the promise of God. This is not a physical, simplistic warfare. This is a deep, dark, spiritual warfare. It runs deep. Anti-Semitism is rampant around the earth, and it is demonic. It is demonic oppression, possession, spiritual darkness, and everywhere. And Ishmael was the beginning of that rivalry, and it has contended, continued to this day. Now, I said this this morning, and I want to say it again. Everybody says, well, Israel's the problem. Israel is the size of New Jersey. In fact, it's just a little bit bigger than New Jersey. Israel is very small. Get you a map and look, and Israel looks like a dot. Very small. 9,000 square miles, if that much, because they've given back and forth through Gaza. But Israel is there, small, and it's surrounded by Hezbollah, surrounded by Lebanon, surrounded by other nations. I'm thankful for President Trump who made a Abraham uh, covenant accord with the Arabians. And I think that's the only thing that's kept it from escalating further at this juncture. I'm glad for that. But how many know the longer Israel is bashed with the false media and people see Israel as the bad guy, then America, we've got a leader that's too weak to stand. I'm thankful for what he's done. I'm thankful for the fact that he sent the Gerald Ford um, battleship over there. Uh, a few days ago, they shot a, I don't know where it came from, from Iran or Gaza or somewhere, and it was shot toward Jerusalem, and, 
and um, the Gerald Ford uh, battleship shot the missile out of the sky. Pretty cool, huh? I'm thankful that our ships are there. But we need to understand that this thing is escalating, and around Israel is all hostile nations that does not want her there. And when Israel was declared a state, a nation, by Harry Truman and its prime minister, that very day that they announced that Israel was a state, 1948, that very day, all the countries around Israel went to fight against Israel, said, we're going to annihilate Israel. We're going to destroy Israel. Within hours after it was declared a, a, a nation, a state, they're going to destroy it. So we're going to an, annihilate Israel. Harry Truman did not lift a finger. And the reason he did not lift a finger, we were under the horrific depressions and, and uh, problems of the war that we had just went through. Israel was on her own. And when the smoke cleared and the fire vanished and all the nations, I think there were six or seven of them that came against Israel. I gave them to you last Sunday night. When it was all said and done, Israel standing tall. Israel has an army that's second to none. You find that in Ezekiel. Remember the story of the dry bones? In Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37, dry bones. Ezekiel has an army that's second to none. According to his size, according to his wealth, his power, probably just as effective and just as superior as the United States minus all the war weapons that we have. A very powerful army that assembled. God called Israel back from the nations. According to Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24, for I will take you from among the heathen, I will gather you out of all countries, and I will bring you into your land. That happened in 1948, and it's still happening today. When, when Hamas went against Israel, Many Jews packed up their bags and headed to the homeland to get involved in this battle that's taking place now. And I'm grateful for the fact that God said in my day, your day, prophecy fulfilled, God brings Israel. If you looked at the map, the Palestine map, in fact, that was decreed by Romans long ago. Israel did not exist because Israel was scattered. The Jews were scattered. Israel was not in existence as far as a state, as far as a nation. They were scattered all over the world. But God says here in Ezekiel, I just read it to you, verse 24, Ezekiel 36, I'm going to bring them home. And we got to see that in our day. And they're still coming home. And God give them an army. In Ezekiel 37. But their army, they are an army without the Spirit of God. They're an army without the true Messiah. They're a powerful army. They're a natural army. But all the nations around them want to destroy them. I, uh, 
I believe God has a love for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He has a love for Israel. Israel lost its independence the first time with Babylon, Assyrians. They came in, leveled Jerusalem. It was done. Northern tribe, 10 tribes of the north, and then the two tribes in Judah. Assyria came in, took the 10 tribes in the north, and Babylon finally crushed the two tribes, Judah and Ben, in the south. And their temple was annihilated, just devastated. It was gone. It was Solomon's great temple, the first temple built for God. It's the one that David loved and wanted to have a place for his God. It's the one that God said, my name will be there, and perpetually I will be there, and you can pray toward that place, and I'll answer your prayer. And it was leveled. They spent 70 years, Babylonian captivity, king by the name of Cyrus decided that he would let the Jewish people return home. And the Jewish people returned home, a small group, 40,000 of them, began to trickle in. You hear the story of Nehemiah rebuilding the wall, Ezra, uh, Zerubbabel, um, different ones coming in to rebuild the city in Jerusalem and Israel. They'd succeeded in building a temple again, second temple, and the second temple was called Zerubbabel's temple. And a lot of people will tell you that there were three temples, but that's not true. There's two. The same temple that Zerubbabel built, Herod come along and put the pieces together, expanded the architect of the temple, and called it Herod's temple. That's the temple that Jesus walked inside of. Second temple. We're not even going to count the third one because it's not of God. It's one built during the Great Tribulation, either prior or during the Great Tribulation. It's not a temple that honors God. It's a temple that Israelis are trying to manipulate in the flesh trying to worship God with a temple where the blood's been shed, Jesus is the Messiah, but they make a temple because they've rejected the Messiah. And because they rejected the Messiah, Jesus Christ turned to the Gentiles and called out a church. And we're part of that church. And for 2,000 years, Jesus has been calling out a church. And in 70 AD, after Jesus had resurrected from the grave, went back to heaven. In 70 AD, Titus the Roman went by and leveled that temple again. And that temple is there no more. Second temple. Third temple, we're not going to count because it's a bad temple. It's uh, something that will be destroyed in the Great Tribulation. It'll be built either prior or during the Great Tribulation. That's what the Antichrist will declare to be God, a covenant with Israel. And, and Paul tells Thessalonica about that. I'll stand there and claim to be God. No, no, they made a mistake. And Israel will be persecuted by the dragon, by the false prophet, and by the antichrist. Be the time of the mark of the beast, the time of buying and selling. One will be a political antichrist who is a person. Another will be a religious antichrist who is a religious person the false prophet, 
Both are anti-Christ, the false prophet and the, the beast, the first beast and second beast in Revelation chapter 13. Now, I'm not going to get into a bunch of that tonight because uh, I really have a direction I want to go. Because the question is, will they succeed in destroying Israel? And the answer is no. They will not succeed. You say, well, why can't they? They destroyed it. Babylon destroyed the temple, scattered the children of Israel all over the world, Assyria, Persia, different places. Why can't it happen? It happened when Rome came, and finally they were under Roman siege after Cyrus gave him permission to build it. Why can't it happen again? Because God said it'll be twice. And when he brings them back in, they'll never leave the land again. The minor prophets are incredible. If you don't study the minor prophets, you'll never understand the day we live. These are the last words of Amos. Verse 15, Amos 9, last verse. And I will plant them upon their land. And they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. We're living in that day, Israel's not going away. That ought to make you happy. That ought to make you happy. Israel's not going away. Now, we're going to go away one of these days in the catching away of the church. Boom, we're out of here. You say, well, I believe we're going to go through all this stuff. Well, help yourself. If I'm wrong, Jesus will give me the grit to get through it. If I'm right, ha, won't you be surprised when we go up? Amen? Let's go back to Ishmael, Ishmael just a minute. Because if you don't have a good understanding of Ishmael, you're not going to understand this. Abraham tried to help in the flesh do something that only the Spirit could do. Isaac was the spirit. He was a, the promised seed. Abraham was circumcised at 99 years old. Poor guy. That had to be rough. Ishmael was circumcised at 13 years old. Isaac was about two years old, just a child, just being weaned, and Ishmael was a teenager, 14, 15 years old. He was very rough on Isaac, and we can read between the lines because Ishmael was such a wild, brutal person, I don't think Isaac was safe around Ishmael when he being a teenager. And I think that's one of the reasons God gave permission for Abraham to send Ishmael away. Two years old, Ishmael could have very easily killed Isaac. Think about that. Think about that. Isn't that what's happening now? Descendants of Ishmael trying to kill the descendants of Isaac. 
That's what's happening now. Amen. Israel is looked at as the hostile place. Israel's the bad people. The media likes to make it sound. And let, let me say again, I'm not anti-Palestinian. There's a lot of good people over there, innocent people. I'm not anti-Palestinian, but I am pro-Israel. And Israel didn't ask for its attack. And you got Jewish hatred all over the world. Why? Because it is a seed of wickedness that's planted in the hearts of men by the spirit of Ishmael and by the devil himself. God wants to crush Israel. Uh, the devil wants to crush Israel because God says Israel will not be crushed ever again. And the devil wants to annihilate Israel to try to prove that God isn't in existence. But God is real and Israel's going nowhere. It's not going away. Amen. Isn't that good? Now, Israel's been over there in my day and in your day. They have shot missiles over into Israel. Every home has its own bomb shelter in Israel. Children have to have a bomb shelter in the school. And when the sirens go off, the children go into the bomb shelters. That's the kind of life that Israel had to live. They've had to live this life of people shooting missiles in Ishmaelites or Hamas or ISIS or whatever the case may be. And, and you, I don't want to get political, but it was a disgusting disgrace for Obama to support ISIS or Hamas in his time in office. And it's a disgusting disgrace that Biden could think that he would do a peace agreement with Iran. Did you know um, Chamberlain in World War II, Chamberlain, he was a leader um, can't remember, I think it's Britain. Anyway, he went for uh, peace talks with Hitler. When he came back, I've got a peace agreement. All the time, his, Hitler was ready to kill millions and millions of Jews and declare world war upon the earth to annihilate the Jews. Why? Because this Chamberlain was a weak leader. And you can believe what you want to believe, but we've got just the same thing now a weak leader. And weak leaders produce world wars. Not saying it's going to happen, but they shoot their rockets into Israel. They got the Iron Dome, which the U.S. helped instigate that. That Iron Dome can knock out missiles that shot their way. But um, uh, Hamas has decided to send thousands of rockets at one time and the Iron Dome can't handle all that input. And that's why our, our military ships are out in the Mediterranean monitoring because they can't handle all the rockets that are shot into Israel. This has been going on my whole life. This is a, a daily thing, at least a weekly thing. Children are scared to death because there's going to be a rocket shot over into Israel from Gaza or for other areas, Lebanon, different places. They're scared. They're, they're afraid. And then when Israel retaliates, Israel is the bully. 
Yeah, Israel's the bully. Poor people over there, children dying. Well, what about the baby children of Israel? Hey, war's ugly, and I'm not minimizing the pain and the agony of it. But I want you to know Israel is not the bully. Israel is surrounded by 22 Arabian states, 52 Muslim states, ISIS, Hamas, Lebanon, Islam, radical Islam, and then they're trying to say death to Israel. Iran screaming death to Israel. Well, you tell me who's the bully. Just tell me who's the bully. It's not Israel. It's the surrounding countries that want to destroy her because they don't think she has the right to exist. She does have the right to exist because God said she had the right to exist. God brought Abraham, made a covenant with Abraham. And so that covenant stands sure today. Amen? Israel is the center of the earth, center of the nations. Here's what it says in Zechariah 12, 2. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling, and to all people round about her. Would you agree with that? Would you agree all the leaders of the world are cup is trembling? Would you agree Jerusalem is a cup of trembling to all the nations right now? It's the hot spot. It's the place Jesus is coming back. It's the place that Jesus is going to come and return to the Mount of Olives. Ezekiel 5, 5 says, Thus saith the Lord, this is Jerusalem. I have set it in the midst of the nations and the countries that are round about her. God chose to put Jerusalem in the center of the earth, the center of the nations. And God says, you watch Israel and watch me do my stuff. You watch Israel and watch me move. You watch and you keep an eye on her, the budding of the fig tree. You watch her as the children of Israel return home. And then you know your redemption draweth nigh. Woo! And so I stop and think about this. Jesus grew up in Israel. I said, Jesus grew up in Israel. Now, you can't tell me that Jesus did not have some wonderful times as a child in Israel. You can't tell me that there isn't a heart that Jesus has for the people of Israel, for the nation of Israel. He has a heart for it. He was born there. Hello, born in Bethlehem. Jesus is the place where he played to the little two-year-old. Israel is the place where Jesus played as a child. Israel is the place where Jesus played and grew up. Israel is the land where Jesus walked. Israel is the land where Jesus healed the sick and raised the dead. Israel is the land where Jesus showed God's love. Israel is a land where Jesus died for the sins of the world, including Palestinians, including Hamas, including ISIS. He died for the world on the cross of Calvary. And the land of Israel is where Jesus Christ rose again from the grave. You can't tell me that Jesus doesn't have a beautiful, wonderful spot in his heart for the land of Israel.
Yes, he does. And he's coming back home. And I'm excited for the fact that he is going to return. God's people, Israel. God's holy land, Israel. God's holy city, Jerusalem. God's holy hill, Calvary, where Jesus Christ was crucified. Isn't that beautiful? I am. The most valuable real estate on planet Earth is the land where Jesus walked. God chose that land not because she was great, not because she was big, not because she was something. God chose that land according to Deuteronomy 7, 7. I didn't choose you because you're special. I didn't choose you because you're a great in number. I chose you because I chose you. God cleared him off a little spot and said, right here is where I'm going to change the universe. God cleared him out a little spot and said, right here where I'm going to change the world. Jesus never left Israel until he went back to heaven. Everything Jesus did, he did in the boundaries of Israel. So keep your eyes on Israel. Keep your eyes on Israel. I'm thankful for the fact that we can look, watch what's happening in Israel. And I'm not condoning Israelis right now but simply because they do a lot of wrong. They're, they're natural Israel. We're spiritual Israel, been grafted in. But we did not replace Israel, the people of God. We're Jews by, by adoption, by being grafted in. But we did not replace the Jewish people. Nor will, nor will we ever replace the Jewish people. Amen? Israel's not going anywhere. Israel's not leaving. Israel is going to be here when Jesus Christ returns the second time. Amen? Now, I want you to understand, and I... And I I'm not going to try to get into detail, but I do want to say there's some things that's going, that could happen in the next few days that would change the whole landscape of prophecy. We're not at that place of the battle of Gog and Magog. We're not there. All the players are in place, but we're not there. And we need to understand that is there a battle of Gog and Magog before the rapture, just after the rapture? Is there one at the end? Is there one after the millennium? Yes, yes, yes. It's all the same spirit, Gog and Magog. Gog is the leader. Magog is the nation. Russia. Right now, Israel's not being attacked from the north. They're being attacked from, what is it, the south and the uh, west, I believe. Anyway, I'm, I'm not too good on my ge geographical. Uh, trust me, I can make it home. <laughs> Judy will make sure I get there. I want to point out some things before we wrap the message up tonight because we're running out of time. I've went a little longer than I'd planned on because... 
I'm just eat up with prophecy. I love, I love eschatology. Uh, I'm not the brightest as far as there's brighter minds concerning it, but I do understand a great deal of the scriptures, and I understand that we are in a place that things could happen any moment that would transform us into a World War III, and we could actually see this thing come together. In Ezekiel, and Ezekiel is in chronological order at the end of the book. In, verse, in chapter 36 and 37, Israel comes home. In chapter 38 and 39, you have the battle of Armageddon, or war, coming against Israel. In chapter 40, to the end of Ezekiel, you have the kingdom age, the millennial temple. Ezekiel is a phenomenal book. And for a man to see such weird visions, he sure got it together at the end of the book. Amen? Now, I'm going to share something with you tonight, and this is not new. I didn't get this myself. Um, I heard John Corson, I think that's his name, Corson, John Corson, Gary Hamrick, Ray Comfort. I've heard some of the other prophecies, other preachers talking about prophecy, and they tell me that Hamas is found before the flood. They tell me that Hamas, the word Hamas in the Hebrew, is found in Genesis 6.11. Notice what it says in Genesis 6.11. And the earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And the word violence in Hebrew is Hamas. Before the end and the flood, the earth is full of Hamas. You can channel that scripture. You can go different places in the Bible. I'm not here to toot a horn about something I found because it's not, it's not necessary. If the word violence in Hebrew means Hamas, then that opens up a whole new channel. It really does. And so watch the word violence when you're reading prophecy because it could be rendered Hamas, ISIS, the end time. Now, I got to wrap this up because we are out of room, uh, out of time. And, and because I went so long last Sunday night, that may be why we don't have the crowd tonight. But um, I, I want to say today that according to Ezekiel 38 and 39, you have the battle of Gog and Magog. And by the way, Persia is Iran. Persia is Iran. Magog is Russia. Russia is involved. They're involved now. Iran is involved. They're involved now. Other nations are involved. All you have to do is get it to come together. In fact, I think it's in Ezekiel 38 that God will put a hook in their jaw and bring them down from the north. Well, I caught a fish here last summer, and it was a nice fish, but he didn't like the hook in his jaw. He fought it. And I believe that if Russia gets involved in this, it will be because they are reluctant 
God will pull them into this. If it's the end time, God will pull Russia into this reluctantly. And you know, when he pulls them in reluctantly, he's going to destroy them. Hook in their jaw, bring them down, destroy them. The problem we have with this scenario is because according to the Battle of Gog and Magog, or Gog is a person, Magog is Russia, the problem we have with this scenario is that you've got some of Abraham, Abrahamic um, covenant accord that Trump did, that some of those that have that covenant will be involved in this attack toward Israel. Also, the problem we have is that according to Ezekiel 38, or 38 and 39, Israel will be by herself. Well, Israel's not by herself. We're standing with her. So the scenario is this. Because our border has not been protected, we could look at an on full-scale attack on our nation. Terrorists, Hamas, ISIS, could come against us, the big Satan they call us, and we could have an on full bloodshed in our land and if that happens we cannot defend Israel because we'll be too busy taking care of ourselves that could be a scenario another scenario is the UN won't stand with Israel because they'll get tired and they'll say Israel there'll be anti-Semitism and the UN will decide well Israel's being too you know they're, they got to play by the rules you know you know, when I, heard, when I heard Biden say, Israel, you got to play by the rules of war. What rules? We're not playing basketball. We're not playing football. What rules? I agree there should be rules in the Geneva Convention how you treat prisoners. I agree there should be some rules in that area. But what rules? War, war breaks out, win. It's time our politicians take their gloves off our soldiers and let them fight. We don't need another Vietnam. We don't need another Korea War. We don't need politicians dragging our sons and our daughters through the blood and the agony of war. Turn them loose. They're good soldiers. They have good hearts. Let them fight. Let them do what they're called to do. Blow up things, kill things, destroy things. That's war. Amen. I hope I don't get kicked off of YouTube over this. But anyway, <laughs> you never know. Another scenario. They may decide that Israel is too abusive and pull back its support. We're already seeing some Arabian states feeling that now, and the UN's already feeling that now. So here's another scenario, the rapture of the church. I like that one. Because you see, we're not here to stay. We're here to go home. We have a heavenly inheritance. We're going to be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And if the rapture takes place, 
America, the United States, are going to have their hands full. And Israel will be left alone. So this thing could escalate. This thing could happen. Damascus could be bombed to, to, to the place where neither beast nor man can live. Damascus could, that could happen to Damascus, either by a friendly fire or by a dispute with Iran or some of the others. I don't know what's going to happen, but I, and please, I'm not claiming to be a prophet nor the son of a prophet. But I kind of feel like when Israel said, we've had our 911. We've had our 911. Do you remember what George Bush did? Little Bush? Had our 911. Whether you agree with it or not, he chose to take out Saddam Hussein. It was later he went in to fight Iraq, whether the, the data was valid or not, whether the information was valid or not, he chose to go in and take out Saddam Hussein. Could it be that Israel's saying, okay, this is our chance to take out Iran? Now, I don't know that that's going to happen, but I guarantee you Iran has no business with a ladyfinger firecracker, let alone a nuclear weapon. Amen? The only good thing that could happen over there is for them to blow themselves up. I know I don't sound like that gentle, sweet preacher that I'm supposed to be. Listen, war is war. One day Jesus is going to return. We're going to be caught up. Whether the rapture takes place before the battle of Gog and Magog or during the battle, or whether it takes place later on, the rapture takes place, I guarantee you it's going to happen. We're going home. I think we could go home tonight. I think before you pull into your driveway, we could be home because all the players in place. But if it goes longer, we could see a World War III. Then the churches will fill up. Amen? What's it going to take? Amen. I've got to quit. I've went way too long, but I, I do feel that this needed to be said. Josh, you want to come bring a song? He said, it's about time. Well, you know, we've got, we've got a small crowd here tonight, the best in the country. We've got the best-looking crowd. We've got the most intelligent crowd. We've got the great theological crowd here. All the rest of them stayed home because they couldn't bear more than 30 or 40 minutes of a church service. So we got the best. So we got the best, so we went a little longer. Amen. Went a little longer. I'm making up for time. Just in case war breaks out, got to get it said. Amen. And I'm excited about the coming of Jesus Christ. And Israel is not going anywhere. They're not going away. They're not going away. Stand with me.